comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. More than half of the population has them. Reddish purple spider veins appearing under the skin, or worse, the kind that bulge out from the skin, known as varicose veins. But are they a health condition? Vascular surgeon Dr. Maggie Arnold from the MedStar Heart and Vascular Institute is here to give us the skinny. I'm your host, Mike Shu. Welcome to Doc Talk, and thank you for being with us, Dr. Arnold. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you guys today. Yes, I hear that the, there's a complaint all the time about spider veins and varicose veins, and we touched on them briefly at the top, but tell me what they are. So spider veins and varicose veins are similar problems. Varicose veins are big, bulgy, bulgy veins that you can see underneath the skin. Spider veins are very similar, but they tend to be smaller. Uh, they're purplish colored or reddish colored, and they also appear right underneath the skin. And they could be anywhere, or are they primarily in the legs? They're primarily in the legs. Some people get them in other places, but the vast majority of patients have them in their legs. I'm, I'm, I, I, sometimes you see people with like kind of veins on their nose and things like that. We are not talking about that, or we are? So you can get spider veins on your face and on your nose, but the ones that I treat are primarily in the legs. Good. So then with this... Um, is this something which is a is it a, is it a health issue? Are there is it are they dangerous or is it a, is it an appearance issue? So it's a really good question, and the answer is both. Good. So well, bad, uh, but. <laughs> it really runs the spectrum from being an appearance issue. A lot of people don't like the way they look. To can have medical consequences. So varicose veins develop from a um, medical problem called venous insufficiency. So mm -hmm. basically what that means is your veins aren't working efficiently. And when that happens, pressure can build up inside of the veins, fluid can seep out, and you can end up with wound healing problems or issues with pain, tiredness, and heaviness in your legs. And all of those things can have consequences to anywhere from how you live your life to having a non-healing wound. I first became aware of the term varicose veins, I think hearing my mother complain, so I actually might have thought they were a women's issue, but I've been corrected over the years. Yeah, a lot Please of my elaborate. patients are men, so it really uh, affects all people, uh, men and women. I do see a lot of women in my practice, but there certainly are a lot of men that have varicose veins as well. Do they develop them for the same reason? So the Yeah, so they usually develop for the same reason. The underlying problem is the problem of venous insufficiency. So I could explain that to you if you want, just a little I bit. I think it's time, yeah. Okay, great. So your arteries take the blood from your heart down to your feet. I mean, your veins are responsible from taking the blood from your feet back to your heart. To get the blood back to your heart, your veins don't have muscles to push the blood. So your calf muscle acts like a pump. So your calf muscle squeezes the vein and that pushes the blood back to your heart. But when your calf muscle isn't squeezing, the veins have little tiny valves inside, and that keeps the blood from moving backwards. But in some people, over time, those valves can get leaky, and they don't work as well. They don't come together as well. And so the blood doesn't go forward as much as it should, and it can build up pressure inside the veins. And that pressure leads to what we call venous insufficiency. It backs up the system, if you want to think about it that way, and builds up these bulging varicose veins. I thought I knew a lot about the body and the whole idea that the calf is the pump to bring yeah. it back up is fascinating. It's <laughs> pretty to me. neat. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's why something like walking can really help because when you're walking, you're squeezing your calf muscle, you're returning that blood to your heart, and things like sitting or dangling with your legs down or just standing can be things that worsen the condition because you're increasing the pressure without squeezing your pump. So you're saying that all varicose veins or spider veins that we see in the leg, they're all the return 
veins. So all the things that when you see a big bulging varicose vein and you see spider veins, those are the veins that are that are sort of a, they're the buildup and they're supposed to be returning the blood to the heart, but they're sort of redundant and they're not working well. But that's the idea. They, yep. they, they, they were supposed when they were working fine, they were pushing blood back Correct. up into the heart. Yep. Um, so with that, if your legs are constantly tired or they're achy, um, can that be a sign of varicose veins or that they may be coming? Absolutely. So you may have venous insufficiency even without having varicose veins. So some of the symptoms of venous insufficiency can be tiredness or heaviness in your legs, especially at the end of the day. Other people have symptoms like ankle swelling. That can be a sign of venous insufficiency. Some people have very obvious outward signs like spider veins and varicose veins, but the other signs of Heaviness or tiredness or ankle swelling can also be signs of venous disease. And some people just have tired legs because they're, yeah. Yeah, because they're on their legs all day, sure. But so is, the, I think I'm jumping ahead here a little yeah. bit, but then if you, you have constant tired, achy legs after yeah. being on them all day or your ankles tend to be puffy or something, is, any, is there anything that can be done ahead of time to prevent varicose or spider veins? So in terms of prevention, it's really tricky. I always recommend patients, if they have uh, venous insufficiency, spider veins, or varicose veins to start wearing compression stockings. Compression stockings increase the pressure being applied to the veins, so they help the veins get that blood back to the heart. Um, but a lot of times, if you already have spider veins or you already have varicose veins, compression stockings aren't going to make it go away. Because it's there. Right. But I talk to a lot of teachers and nurses, people who are in the service industry who are on their feet a lot during the day, and they feel like they get really good results wearing compression stockings because it just gives their legs a little more energy and they feel a little less tired at the end of the day. So that could be a hard sell to some people just because, I mean, I had a knee replacement and the compression stockings <laughs> yes. in some ways were worse than some of the other yes. acute pain yeah. because it, it was that thing that never went away. You're just like, ah, oh, this is, you, you're not, not aware of it. Right. And when they come off, they feel so good. <laughs> so, so I imagine that's a bit of a hard sell sometimes yeah. to say, look, you may, this may help you, but. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I understand the people who like it and for the reasons why. Right. Yeah. So we do have other options for patients. Um, if they've tried, a lot of my patients have tried compression stockings, but for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, they don't like wearing them. They find them uncomfortable. I don't have a lot of patients who want to be wearing compression stockings at the beach or during the summer Not because so they can really feel hot. Um, so we do have some treatment options for um, patients who meet the criteria. Please tell me more. Sure. So it really ranges from treating small spider veins up to treating varicose veins or treating underlying venous insufficiency. So when you come to see me in the office, we do a full review of your legs. I look at your legs and a lot of times we'll order a test that's an ultrasound. And that ultrasound is actually looking at the efficiency of your veins returning the blood to your heart. It's a painless test. It's covered by most insurance companies and it really gives me a good idea of what any underlying problems might be. The treatment for spider veins is usually done through what's called sclerotherapy, which is a series of small injections with a tiny, tiny needle. And we inject a little solution into those veins and can make them go away over time. Uh, for I like the, how you reference tiny, tiny. There, it's a tiny uh, needle. There's a yeah. reason why yeah. you say that, isn't there? <laughs> yes, there is. Because we do it in the office. You don't need any anesthesia. Uh, but I always like to say it, it really is a, a it's not painless, but it is pretty comfortable. Well, as a comparison, I think a lot of people now are familiar with the the coronavirus vaccine and that that is a very 
very small, tiny, thin. Smaller needle. than the coronavirus, but yeah. Just as a comparison. Just as a comparison. Something that yeah. a lot of people may have had yeah, that's um, a great, great recently. Comparison. So in that, the idea is, is it's not an operation. Their, their, their skin's not being opened up. They're not, the veins aren't going away in the sense of your... Well, we're not physically removing the veins, right. but what we are doing is essentially injecting a solution that causes the veins to collapse on themselves. So the veins will no longer fill up with blood, and over time, your body will just sort of reabsorb them. Um, with more, uh, with bigger veins like varicose veins, sometimes we do a bigger procedure, and it's called a phlebectomy, which basically means vein removal, and that's a usually done. I do it in the operating room most of the time, just to make my patients more comfortable. But it's also a procedure that we can do. Um, as day surgery, it's little tiny incisions or cuts over the veins. And in that case, we do pull the veins out. So we remove those veins that are bulging. And that's for the bigger cord-like veins that you see that we call sure. varicose veins. Um, you, are those left untreated, Will they would they ever go away? Left untreated, they would not likely go away, no. Then left untreated, is there a danger with those larger cord so they can develop ulcerations or wounds can be a problem. Also, some people can experience bleeding because they can be very close to the skin. Sure. And so if you get a cut on them, they can have some bleeding issues with that. Uh, some people worry because they may develop clots in those veins. They can get hard. But most of the time, the clots that form in those veins are not the clots that you think about when you hear about DVTs or deep venous thrombosis. That's not the same thing as getting a clot in a varicose vein. And the reason being why? Is that vein somewhat isolated? or So these veins are very superficial, yeah. whereas the veins that we worry about causing pulmonary embolism are the deep veins that are the big veins closer to your bone. So this is a separate problem. So I see patients sometimes their varicose veins have clotted and I try to give them some reassurance that that's not typically a dangerous condition. I know we have uh, duplicate systems in our body, but I'm kind of surprised that you can just sort of you know, for one one way or the other, just take veins away. Yeah, and yeah. And the body is okay with that. The body is can, okay with can it. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Your body has a redundant system of veins. Um, it's it's one of the things that we get extras of. But there are two different systems of veins in the legs. There's the deep system, and that is really responsible for returning blood to the heart. And then the superficial system. I can't remove your deep veins. So the popliteal vein, the femoral vein, those are some of the medical terms for deep veins. Some people can have venous insufficiency in those veins. And in those cases, we really have very minimal surgical options for treatment for that. The superficial veins, on the other hand, are not primarily responsible for returning the blood to the heart. So those can be removed. Uh, the names for those veins are the greater saphenous vein and the small saphenous vein. And those are veins that we can treat uh, with different treatment options. Do you have a busy time of year? I think most people would prefer to have their veins treated in the fall and maybe early spring, uh, mostly because they want to be ready for summer. <laughs> <laughs> and then how long does it take? Or so sclerotherapy takes, uh, usually the average is three to four sessions, and then it can take up to five to six weeks before the veins totally go away. And the sessions are spaced out how far in between? I try to space them out about four weeks apart per treatment area. So Because it just takes a while for the... Because you want to be able to see the results. It takes a while for the sclerosin, the um, material that I inject, to cause the desired effect. So if you do it too close together, it's hard to tell whether the treated vein is, is going to go away or you need to give it a little bit more time. Any side effects of the treatment? So the biggest side effect of the treatment is initially after the treatment, some people can get bruising and their veins can get sort of reddish in appearance. That goes away. Um, 
the select patients can get some darker discoloration over the injection site, and that may take a little bit longer to go away. I sometimes think it looks like a big freckle, um, but really most patients tolerate the procedure very well. And it doesn't matter what skin type or does it, do you see? Usually doesn't. Fair-skinned people may have, we call that staining when you get the darker discoloration, and it can be more frequent in people with very fair skin. And then is there any limit? To, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some cases where people have quite a bit. Uh, There's really no limit. It's, you know, just a matter of trying to get the best uh, results for what the patient wants to see in their legs. And is your treatment permanent? So the veins that we treat that go away will stay gone away, but <laughs> it doesn't make new, prevent new ones from forming. Right. Exactly. So you've, you've had patients who you've seen over the year because for whatever reason, their body is predisposed to sort of create them. Exactly. Yeah. So you know some people on a first name. <laughs> of course. Basis. Yeah. yeah. I get it. And then, um, you know, this day and age, nothing's free. So is is insurance, does it cover this? So that's a great question. Depending on the modality that we're using to treat your venous problems, a lot of those procedures are covered by insurance, but some are not. Um, typically, sclerotherapy can be difficult to get covered under insurance, but we can always try to reach out to your insurance company to cover it. But other things like the phlebectomy that we talked about, where we go in and physically remove the bigger varicose veins, or also doing a bigger treatment for venous insufficiency, um, which we call an ablation, that is covered by insurance companies. And is there a range of cost then if it's being paid out of pocket? So if for the sclerotherapy, it typically is about $500 for a session. Um, and we are we have um, tried to get that covered under insurance if we can. But And a session is not just one vein or one line. It's no, a, a session is basically a, um, the um, dose that we have to offer. So it's about 2 mLs of the sclerosin, so the, the solution that we use. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard things about laser therapy at all. Is that... Does that go into your... So I don't particularly, I don't personally use the laser. I think there are some dermatologists that can use laser to treat spider veins, but that's not a part of my practice. You just prefer the the one that works well for you and is safe and effective and yep. for all of those reasons. Um, so then the question becomes, why should a patient um, necessarily see a board certified vascular surgeon to treat the varicose veins? I think that's a really good question. And, and the answer that I give is, if there's something else going on that's not venous, I can diagnose that. So a lot of times I'll have patients, especially maybe they have pain when they're walking and they have spider veins, but it turns out they also have arterial disease or disease of the arteries that are bringing the blood from their heart to their feet. Well, treating their spider veins is not going to treat their artery disease and artery disease left untreated can actually lead to significant problems. I can diagnose and treat both. So it gives me a, a wider range of, of ability to help patients. Yeah, so how often do you see that then, where you're, you know, they come in for one reason, but you're able to help them with, you know, a deeper health problem? You know, it I, it happens more often than you think. It's it's an interesting uh, issue that comes up because patients have, they think they're coming in to get their spider veins looked at. I check their pulses. They don't have, you know, I can't feel pulses in their feet. And then we move on to a, a totally different discussion around arterial disease and the treatment options for that. So I will say we've got great primary care providers here at MedStar. So they're really good at identifying patients with venous disease. Good. So, okay. So what I've learned is there's a special way to get rid of them through really thin needle mm -hmm. injections. And if it's something bigger that you may have to go in and actually remove the vein and that you can prevent it possibly with 
compression stockings. Yeah, it can help. There's one other procedure that I do in the office, and we talked about venous insufficiency, and I also mentioned the saphenous vein. The saphenous vein is one of those superficial veins. If the saphenous vein isn't working properly, it can cause these other problems like varicose veins and spider veins. So for patients, I always check the saphenous vein, and if that is refluxing or not working efficiently, then we do a procedure called an ablation. And that we actually do in the office. We put a small tube called a catheter inside of that vein and we heat up the catheter. We surround your vein Mm -hmm. with numbing solution. I heat up the catheter and that closes that whole vein down. But that I can do right in the office without any anesthesia. Nice. It's really cool. I've learned a lot today. And that's good. Well, thank you for your work. It's good. Thanks for having me today. Thank you. So we've been talking with vascular surgeon Dr. Maggie Arnold of the MedStar Health and Vascular Institute. Dr. Arnold, thank you for sharing your expertise here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. To make an appointment with MedStar Health Vein Center, uh, you can call 877-828-VEIN. That is 877-828-VEIN. V-E-I-N.